Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to Get Your Goat. Got a guest here with me. My bro, Luca, is back to dive into sports today. We're going to talk about the Madden cover. What went wrong with the teaser for that. The Bucks' big night yesterday to force a Game 7. Pick a couple of the games tonight. See if those will then go to a Game 7. NHL playoffs. Then I'll give you my top five MLB teams right now and who's atop the U.S. Open for golf and more to get into. But let's get started with the Mahomes and Brady cover. Luca, I want to get your thoughts on this first. They teased two goats. Most people thought it would be Mahomes and Brady on the cover. Luca. Do you have a problem with the cover, the way they teased it, or do you think they got this right? I think this is a huge problem. I don't think Mahomes is anywhere near the GOAT discussion yet, and they both players have already been on the cover, so they're just running out of ideas with these covers. So you don't like the idea of people coming back onto the cover after they've already been on it? If they retired, like I, would, like I would say, if Tom Brady retired and they had like a goat edition, that'd be fine. But just to like get on again in your career, I don't like that. I see where you're coming from, and uh, I agree. I think they tease this as the MVP edition as well. Neither of those players won the MVP this past year, even though they have won multiple MVPs. But I have a problem. With the way it was teased, because they teased two goats on the cover. And now you have Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes on the cover. And to me, at least my point of view, is that you cannot have two goats in one sport. And especially two goats at one position. You can't say there's two greatest quarterbacks of all time. It's one or the other, right now, it is Tom Brady as the GOAT. So I do have a problem with seeing Patrick Mahomes on the cover. Because imagine, 10 years from now, Patrick Mahomes wins one more Super Bowl. He could go to a couple, but let's say he wins two Super Bowls in his career. You look back on this, and... He has two Super Bowls, and they teased him as a GOAT. So, Luca, if Patrick Mahomes only wins two Super Bowls in his career, let's say he wins some more MVPs and stuff, how would you rank Patrick Mahomes in terms of the greatest quarterbacks of all time if he only wins two Super Bowls? That would be kind of embarrassing if that does happen in the future. But if he does continue to play really good and don't win Super Bowls, he could kind of be in the GOAT discussion, but not really since he only has two Super Bowls. I agree. You, ha I think you make the case for Tom Brady as the GOAT, because even though he's still playing, he's near the end of his career where he's 44 years old, and he's won seven Super Bowls. So I'd be fine with a GOAT edition right now with Tom Brady since he's won seven Super Bowls. But Luca, I outlined this on a previous podcast with Patrick Mahomes being 25, he has to win six more Super Bowls to tie Tom Brady. 
at least from my point of view, he has to win seven to get to eight to pass Tom because Tom Brady owns the head-to-head on him. So you have that right there. But Travis Kelsey's 31-32, so you don't see him being around for seven years. Tyreek Hill's 27, so I don't think he'll be as fast in seven years. So Luca, realistically, how many Super Bowls do you see Patrick Mahomes winning in the next 10 years? I think at the very most, either four or five Super Bowls. Because he's not going to have the best tight end, in my opinion, right now around still. And then who knows what's going to happen with any of his other receivers if they decide to trade him or not. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Uh, I do think, I mean, it's so hard for people and teams to win back-to-back Super Bowls. The Kansas City Chiefs just tried to do it. They couldn't. Uh, we know the Seahawks were close, and they didn't. Uh, it seems just like Tom Brady and the Patriots are the only one that has been able to kind of crack that code because there's a lot of factors that factor into winning a Super Bowl. So, yes, I think EA got it wrong in the way they teased it, the way they branded it, uh, comparing Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes right now in the state of their careers because for one game, I would take Tom Brady over Patrick Mahomes any day of the week, anywhere. If I had to win one game, I would want Tom Brady on my team. That's what makes him the GOAT, because I know he's going to go out there and win the one big game that I need each and every time. He's a better decision maker. He has the experience. That's what makes him the GOAT. That's why he'll always be the GOAT. Do you have a problem with what I just said, Luca? Well, I just feel like the only reason why I would take him in a game is just because of how much longer he's been in the league. But Patrick Mahomes has been playing a lot better stats-wise in the past few seasons. I get your point, but I would still roll with Tom Brady any day of the week. Now, moving on to basketball, the Boston Celtics traded their point guard today, Kemba Walker, a first-round pick this coming year, a later second-round pick, to Oklahoma City uh, for center Al Horford, uh, prospect Moses Brown, and a a later second-round pick, Luka do you think this was a good trade? And if you do, who do you think won this trade? I don't know much about the guys that the Celtics got from the Thunder, but I don't think this was a good trade, trading a first pick and your starting point guard. All right. I am going to break this down and give my thoughts real quick, is I think this is a great trade for the Boston Celtics. I think they won this trade. Because Kemba Walker, I think, is making $74 million the next two seasons. Al Horford is making $54 million. So they save $19 million over the next two seasons to try to sign another star to pair with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Because to me, Kemba Walker has injury problems. Yes, Al Horford does. But to me, Kemba Walker is not a superstar 
point guard. Moses Brown is a great prospect. And to me, the Boston Celtics kind of have a superstar in Jason Tatum. And they have a really good emerging star in Jalen Brown. And to me, they don't need a great point guard. They just need a facilitator like the Clippers have with Rondo or Reggie Jackson, where their two main players are Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And to me, also the Boston Celtics just have bad point guard luck. Who was their point guard before Kemba Walker? It was Kyrie Irving, and there was a ton of problems there with him and Boston, so they traded him. Then they got Kemba Walker because he was this ascending star, and he just never took that leap there in Boston. It just wasn't a good fit for him. And they bring back the beloved Al Horford. And the Celtics fans know him from there, who spent four or five seasons in Boston. Was really good. Earned an all-star nod. And was a really good player. Has now dealt with knee injuries as well. But he's that veteran presence that is needed. Has played with both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum before. So I also think this is a great trade for Boston for their immediate future future, because they have their two stars. They at least have a good point guard in Marcus Smart. They bring back big man Al Horford. So I think this team's coming together and is Brad Stevens' first move as general manager of the Celtics. It is a smart move because uh, now they have cap room and space to go after another star in free agency and re-sign pieces that they want to re-sign. And for the Thunder, this is good because they now have three first-round picks in this upcoming draft. And two of them could be top five, depending on the lottery that shakes out. So the Thunder's in great position uh, long-term with the swaps that they have. And to me, the Thunder are set up to kind of be the best team in the next five to ten years if they nail all their draft picks. And they also have a good point guard in Kimball Walker as well. It's really that better in presence now with Steven Adams. Uh, those two there, they can run, pick, and roll. And I think this will be good for them. Now, another trade name that has come up recently is Luka Doncic. This has come up because the general manager uh, left, who he was very close to, Luka. This is the general manager that drafted him. The head coach. Just left as well. It seemed like there was a little tension there, but it was simmering. So Luca has now lost his head coach and general manager. To me, it seems very unlikely that the owner, Mark Cuban, would let him go. But Luca, do you think there's any chance that Luca Doncic will get traded? Um, I think there's a slight chance. I don't. If I were the Dallas, I wouldn't want to trade him at all because he's arguably a top five player right now. But if you do trade him, you could get so much value for him. I agree. As I said, I don't think Mark Cuban will let Luka go. He's kind of the face of Dallas. He's a young, emerging star, as you said, arguably top five. If not top five, I think definitely top ten the way he plays the game is that point-forward role where he handles the ball, can rebound, make assists. To me, he does have to work on his defense, as his defense uh, does not show up on any basis 
but he's a great point guard. He fits this Mavericks team, but to me, they just need to add more around him to help him out because right now it's just Luka riding solo. So Luka, I know we both don't think he'll get traded. We think he'll stay there, but if there's one team you'd like to see him get traded to, what team do you think needs Luka the most and would benefit Luka the most? Um, I think a team that could benefit them the most is probably the Lakers, since they don't really have a good point guard at all. Because isn't he like a point guard slash like power forward kind of? Yes, he does play that point forward role. So I think he would fit in that point guard spot at Los Angeles, and that would really help him out to go farther in the league. I agree. Of course, since I'm a LeBron fan, I would love to see that uh, happen as well. But I think a team that could really benefit as well would be the New York Knicks. This is an ascending team who not a lot of people thought would do well this year, and they happen to be the fourth best team in the East uh, in terms of a standing-wise before they were ousted by the Hawks. Emerging MVP slash uh, comeback player of the year, Julius Randle, was fantastic. He's a good big man. They have Derrick Rose, but to me, he's in the later stages of his career. So signing or trading for a Luka Doncic to play with his already good team who's great defensively, but needs help offensively, could really benefit from having Luka on their team. Because to me, he can open up the floor so much as well and can really make things harder for opposing defenses. And then he would have a true star next to him in Julius Randle. They'd have a great coach and coach of the year, Tom Thibodeau. Uh, And they'd be in an East division that, yes, has the Brooklyn Nets that are tough, but who knows what else the rest holds, where it's just Trey Young in Atlanta. Uh, 76ers could be on the brink of an epic collapse and blow up. Uh, Celtics retooling. So to me, the New York Knicks should strike while the iron's hot. But now we get into what happened last night. Last night, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Brooklyn Nets in Game 6 to force a Game 7. 104-89. Luca, what caught your eye? From this game, was this more bad Nets or good Bucks? I think it might have been a little bit of both. Every, I mean, yeah, Kyrie's was out. Yep. So that did definitely hurt him on offense with the last points. But Chris Milton had 38 points that game. So that him going off really helped them to overpower the Nets in the win. I agree. Uh Giannis, with 30 points, as you said, Chris Middleton added 38. Was not expecting Chris Middleton to do that, but he played well. Drew Holiday had 21 points added in as well, so their kind of big three that they have did really good. And KD coming off a otherworldly, spectacular, historic Game 5 where he carried the Nets to a win. Kind of looked tired last night. Uh, only shot 25% from three. Had 32 points. But James Harden has not looked right. 
since coming back, both offensively and defensively. Jeff Green, who just had 27 points in Game 5, only scored 5 points this past night. Uh, so to me, this was really good Bucks and kind of tired Nets after they gave everything in Game 5. Uh, it just happened to go the Bucks way because the Bucks didn't shoot well from the three-point land, but neither did the Nets. The Nets are usually a better free-throw shooting team than the Bucks, but they only shot 57% from a free-throw line, while the Bucks shot 82%. Uh, and Giannis actually converted on some of his long free throws. They out-rebounded them, out-hustled them, uh, had the lead from the beginning and never gave it up. Whereas when I thought Brooklyn went on a 10-0 run to get within five points, I thought, you know, are the Milwaukee Bucks going to collapse and lose this series in this fashion? Which they didn't. Uh... The Bucks held on to a win, then they answered the Brooklyn Nets 10-0 run with a 10-0 run that they had to force this Game 7. But now it looks like it's going to be KD and James Harden going up against Luka and Chris in the Game 7 in Brooklyn. And we'll talk more about that Game 7 in just a moment. But before we get into that, tonight there are two games on tonight. First being the Philadelphia 76ers going up against the Atlanta Hawks. This is a pivotal game six. Hawks are up three to two. Philadelphia has blown two straight leads. Luca, who do you think wins this game? And what will be the reason for that team winning this game? I think Philadelphia is going to rebound from their past two games where they did good, but then let up the lead. I think Joel Embiid's going to go off, and Trey Young's going to be kind of inconsistent this game. I don't think they're going to win by like a whole large margin, but it's going to be pretty close, and then they're just going to pull away at the end, I think. I agree. I'm also rolling with the 76ers this game to force a game seven. The Sixers have blown two leads, two fourth quarter leads the past two games. Uh, Really a big second half lead in game four. And then game five, it was the epic collapse of being down by 26 points. The Atlanta Hawks came back from that, making it, I think, the third biggest comeback in NBA playoff history wasn't expecting that the Philadelphia 76ers one of the best defensive teams have now collapsed in the fourth quarter both times because they haven't been able to make stops Ben Simmons can't make free throws this team really doesn't make free throws in the clutch and to me the one constant if they lose this game is Doc Rivers being the ultimate choke man. I believe in 2015, he had a 3-1 series lead on the Houston Rockets. And the Rockets came back and won last year. His team had a 3-1 lead on the uh, Denver Nuggets. 
and the Nuggets came back and won 4-3 this year. He had a 2-1 series lead against the Hawks and has been up both times in the fourth quarter and has blown two straight games to make the Hawks be up 3-2. So Doc Rivers, to me, could be the choke job of the year, choke job of the decade if he blows yet another lead with this team. But also the players have to step up. As I said, Ben Simmons has to play better. Joel Embiid, even though he's playing on a hurt knee, has to be much, much better if they are to win this game. Because it's unacceptable to be to be the top seed in the East, one of the best defensive teams, and to blow leads like this the way they are doing, to play without intensity at times during the playoffs is not something that should be happening at all. But you have to give credit to the Hawks. Because even though the Hawks, to me, aren't performing otherworldly, not performing great, they are performing better than the 76ers, which is why they are winning games. Because as Trey Young says, they don't quit. They've got a lot of fight in them. And they are proving that in this series. And it will be an utter embarrassment if the 76ers go out either tonight or in Game 7 into me, it will force a blow-up to where the 76ers should have traded Ben Simmons for James Harden. You look back at that, uh, that's what the Rockets wanted. Should have gave them that because I think James Harden is the shooter you needed since really their only shooter on the team is Seth Curry. And he's also a liability defensively as well. So they just might have to blow up the process, no longer trust the process with Joel Embiid because it could be over tonight. Now, Luca, after that game, you have the Utah Jazz going up against the Los Angeles Clippers. Who do you have winning that game and why? I think the Utah Jazz should definitely win this game, especially with no Kawhi Leonard. They should have won last game, but they didn't. I feel like the only way that the Clippers can come out and win this game is if Paul George had goes crazy tonight. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell and Bogdanovich are going to both be really good tonight and take the win. Yep. I was very surprised that the Utah Jazz lost Game 5 Wednesday night. I thought with that Kawhi injury that it was over. It was Utah in 6. So when they lost that game, it really did shock me because Paul George did play great that game. But the Utah Jazz opened up that game playing great. I believe they made 10 three-pointers in the first uh, quarter made seven in the second quarter to make 17 in the first half, and then in the second half only made three three-pointers out of 24. Uh, that is not good enough at all uh, that they were to do that because they would have won the game if they didn't go so cold. But even though they made all those three-pointers at the beginning of the game, the Los Angeles Clippers 
were still able to hang around and make this a game which proved that the Utah's defense is very vulnerable. Rudy Gobert looks like a statue out there at times where he should be covering the paint, but he goes out to help when there's a kick at a corner three and he gets turned into a statue, losing his footing, not playing well. He just needs to stay in the paint, protect the rim at all costs, uh, because the Jazz have not looked good. And three straight losses. Clippers combined margin of victories around 16 points. A blowout. Uh, a good win. And then they eked out this win on Wednesday night. But I agree. The Utah Jazz are going to win this game tonight. Donovan Mitchell will play as long as his ankle will let him. I think Rudy Gobert will have a good defensive game. As you said, Bogdan Bogdanovich, I think Joe Ingles will come out and hit some threes. And I think the key, the X factor, is Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year, who knocks down shots. To me, if he scores 20 points or more, they will win this game. If he does not score that many points, then they will not win this game. He had a very poor... Game 4 and Game 3 was alright and Game 5 was alright, but he needs to be better. He needs to be that lethal shooter. And when it comes to the clutch, Donovan Mitchell cannot be airballing three-pointers and missing the rim. That is unacceptable in the NBA, and that is not showing clutchness at all. But Mike Conley still being on Hurts this Utah Jazz team. But that's no excuse now because Kawhi Leonard is out. They should win this game. Even though it's in the Clippers Stadium, Staples, which will be a hostile environment. They're going to have to pull out and win this game. Or else this is another choke job. Jazz being up 2-0, losing four straight games, two without Kawhi. The Jazz desperately need to win this series. Or else this is another team that could endure changes, especially with the head coach in searching for another one. But I like the Utah Jazz to win this game. So, Luca, you and I both think both think there's going to be Game 7s happening on Sunday, uh, being forced by the wins tonight by the Philadelphia 76ers and the Utah Jazz. Well, tomorrow night there's a big Game 7 the Bucks and the Nets. Who do you think will win that game and why? I think that the Bucks are going to upset the Nets in the Game 7. I don't think that James Harden is going to perform that well in that game. I think Giannis and all their other stars and Holiday and um, Middleton, or Middleton. 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 I think they're both going to do really good. And I think they're going to want it more in that game than the Nets. So I think they're going to come out with the win. I agree. I picked the Bucks to win this series in six. It's now going to a game seven, but I have to stay faithful. I have to pick the Bucks, even though I'm skeptical. Uh, KD and Harden are both three and one in game sevens. Uh, KD 
to but to me the most famous game seven of course for KD is when they blew a 3-1 series lead to the Golden State Warriors in 2016 to get to the NBA Finals, and then they lost a pivotal Game 7 where Kevin Durant did not play well. But other than that, he's played great in Game 7s, the Game 7 against Houston in 2018, and then 2 against the Grizzlies where he's averaged 33 points, I think 7 rebounds and 5 assists or 4 assists. So Kevin Durant's been great in Game 7s. Harden's also 3-1, uh, beating those Grizzly teams twice, losing to the Warriors at one time in Game 7, where he had a horrific shooting performance. This whole team had a horrific shooting performance, where they only made like one or two threes the whole game and only lost by single digits. So they have experience there, whereas the Bucks don't have as much. The Bucks franchise as a career is 2-for-8 in Game 7s. Giannis and Chris Middleton have lost their only Game 7, which was still to the Celtics in 2018, uh, before the Bucks were the Bucks and Giannis won his back-to-back MVPs in 2019 and 2020. They were still finding their way. So, Luca, you and me both have the Bucks winning that game tomorrow, but which player... From either side, just pick one player. Who do you think has the most pressure riding on them tomorrow? Um, probably Giannis. And why do you say that? Because with the Nets, if you don't, if KD doesn't do that good, you can fall back on Harden and same the other way around. But if Giannis doesn't do too great, then you'll have to rely on Milton and Holiday, which aren't too consistent. Who do you think is the best player on the planet right now? In the NBA. NBA. In the NBA. Best player on the planet right now. Oh, wow. Uh, probably, I guess, LeBron. All right, you say LeBron. I say LeBron. Is Giannis in your top five? In the world right now? Yep, best in the world. Do you have Giannis in your top five? Ooh. Um, probably. Probably? Yeah. Do you have Kevin Durant in your top five? Yeah, yeah. Who do you, who would you have as higher, Kevin Durant or Giannis? Um, probably Durant. So you said Kevin Durant is better than Giannis, I agree. So since I agree with you, you said Giannis has the most pressure, but since you and I both think KD... Is the better player, KD, has the most pressure on him tonight. And I'll tell you why. Last game, he wasn't too good in Game 6, but that's because Game 5, he had this historic game in which he was otherworldly. After that game, everybody is saying, KD is the best player on the planet. He's the best player in the game. A lot of people were saying that. They said he's a takeover. He's one of the greatest scorers. The NBA has ever seen, if not the greatest score the NBA has ever seen. And I know Michael Jordan laughs at that. But if these people are saying KD is the best player in the game, to me, Kevin Durant would have the most pressure on him. And that's because the Game 7s that he's won, the two that he's won, he's had Russell Westbrook as a wingmate. And then the other time, he had 
Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. This time is a game seven. He has no Kyrie Irving. He has a very limited James Harden where he's not really healthy, where he doesn't even take wide open threes as last game. He had a wide open corner three. He passed it. The guy passed it back to him. Then Harden gave it up again because he didn't want to take the shot. So he looks very afraid shooting. So to me, LeBron in 2018, no Kyrie, no Kevin Love. It was just LeBron James. It was a game seven against Boston. In Boston, LeBron dropped a 30-point triple-double to win that game. And that's the best player on the planet. Tonight, Kevin Durant has to pull off a similar. He has to have a Game 5 reminiscent to pull off this win tonight to be the best player on the planet because the pressure's on him to be the best player on the planet if people want to call him that. He is going to have to show up in Game 7 because if he fumbles and crumbles, uh, then you cannot say that he is if he cannot will his team to a next conference series, especially if a Hawks win, I think the Nucks, the Nets with Kevin Durant would be favored, just Kevin Durant. But as you said, there's a lot of pressure on Giannis because other than the MVPs that he's won, Giannis has done nothing in the playoffs. Uh, he's made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think, once, uh, where he played Kawhi and the Raptors, and the Raptors dominated that series, Kawhi dominated Giannis. So there's a lot of pressure on Giannis to perform like the MVP in the Game 7. This is his second Game 7. This is where he has to shine. And to me, Giannis cannot back down from Kevin Durant. He has to guard Kevin Durant. He has to go at him. He has to get physical. He has to drive. And Giannis cannot be shooting three-pointers. I do not want to see Giannis attempt a three-pointer the whole game because he's better when he's driving, controlling the basketball, and just jumping and dunking. That's your game, so stick to it. No fadeaway jumpers, stick to it, but there's a lot of pressure on both teams, both franchises, because the Nets have been a terrible franchise for so long, whereas at least the Bucks 50 years ago won a championship. So at least the Bucks fans have something, whereas the Nets do not and this is a big Game 7 for both teams and a big both Game 7 for legacies on the line. Giannis losing this would hurt his legacy a lot, whereas a win for KD would bolster him to make him arguably the best player on the planet. But me and Luca both have the Bucks winning this game tomorrow night. I'm very nervous because we have agreed to pick every team correctly. The Bucks, the 76ers, tomorrow night, or tonight, and then the Jazz tonight. I do not like us going three for three. I do see one of us going wrong. So, Luca, just for this, if there's a game seven between the 76ers and the Hawks, who do you have winning? Um, Probably the Hawks. Why do you have the Hawks winning that game? I think that they would want it more than the 76ers in that game, especially if they lose this game, feeling that they could have won it at home. All right, I just am going to go against you. I want the 76ers to win that game. 
win that series. And I think if they win game six, they'd have momentum going back to Philly. The Philly faithful would be there and they'd win that game. Jazz Clippers, we both had that come to, going to a game seven. Who do you think would win that game seven? Um, I'd say the Jazz. I think they'd keep their consistency, especially if they win this game going home with Donovan Mitchell and all their other stars. I agree. I also would like the Jazz in a Game 7. Again, I both pick the 76ers, the Hawks, and the Bucks. So, of course, I want to see those three teams. The only team I have wrong right now is the Suns. I picked the Nuggets to beat them. I was wrong. And it could be the Suns sweeping them and a lot of other teams going to a long Game 7. A lot of rest for the Phoenix Suns coming up. Now, moving to the NHL. Last night, Tampa Bay won again, take, winning 2-1. to one. So now they have a 2-1 series lead. I picked the Islanders to win this series in 6. I still like that because the Islanders have played good even though they've lost. Uh, especially last game, Barlamov was good. Their offense just wasn't found a lot other than that clutterbuck goal, which wasn't beautiful. But they had very chances and opportunities to win. But I still like the Islanders in this series. Luca, I think I know the answer to this question. But who do you think Tampa Bay's up two to one? Who do you have winning this series and in how many games? Um, I think the Lightning are going to win it in six. Lightning in six? Yeah, I think Vasilevsky is a much more consistent goalie, especially. Even though the Islanders have overall better defense, they the Lightning still have Victor Hedman and then a way better offense with Brand Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, and Tyler Johnson. I agree. I do like the Lightning's offense more, but I just thought, you know, the Islanders and the Revenge, tomorrow's going to be a pivotal game six or a pivotal game four in New York. I think that's a must win for New York. Or I'll be wrong on that series. What I was also wrong on was Vegas winning Game 2. I thought Vegas was going to sweep. Obviously that didn't happen. Obviously broke my heart uh, to see Montreal win one game. But Carey Price played really good, especially in that third uh, period. Near the end there, he made some incredible saves. Uh, But tonight is Game 3. It's in Montreal now. Montreal does not have to deal with the crazy Golden Knight fans. And Vegas doesn't actually have to deal with a lot of Canadian fans since there's not many in the stands. So, Luca, it's Game 3 tonight. Who do you have winning this game here tonight? Um, Tonight, I think that Vegas is going to win this game. I think Fleury's going to start and he's going to do better than Carey Price. I think their defense, and I think they're just going to be overall a way better team, and they're going to outscore them by a large margin. All right. I agree. I do think Flurry, who's been fantastic this postseason, will also be fantastic. I think Carey Price will be good since he's been really good at home so far this postseason, but I do think the offense of Vegas is much better than Montreal. The defense is also better. As well, I think Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty are going to get involved early, make shots. Alex Pietrangelo was great last game. 
I think he'll be great again. Shea Theodore has to step up. But this is a good Vegas team. And to me, their best chance of winning a Stanley Cup is if they can get through Montreal. So, Luca, I already picked Vegas to sweep. That's wrong, but I still like Vegas in the series. Who do you think wins this series, and in how many games? I think Vegas is going to win it in six. I think Carey Price is going to carry them in one more game, but he won't be able to do everything in the other games. So I think Vegas in six. So you like both series in six. Mm-hmm. I hope Vegas wins in five. I had Vegas in four, but now I have to say Vegas in five because I like the Vegas Golden Knights so much more. Such a better team, especially point differential. You're looking at a team with 82 points. And Vegas compared to a team with 59 points in Montreal. Uh, this would be a huge underdog story. Huge upset if they pull it off. And now to get into a little MLB. I'm going to give you my top five teams in the MLB. And then Luca will give you his. So right now, team number five is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Why? Well, they're dealing with injuries, so you can't see the full explosiveness on their offense with Muncie and Seager out, but Albert Pujols has been great. This team is still winning games, even though they've piled up injuries, which speaks to the depth of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number four, the Oakland A's. Why? Well, Mark Conha and Matt Olson have been amazing so far for them after struggling the A's have bounced back and have done a 180 and have been playing really, really well in competing in this division that is tough with the Houston Astros right behind them. Number three, give me the Tampa Bay Rays. Why? Randy Azarina, Austin Meadows have been sensational. Tyler Glass now has been great as well. But now, with Tyler Glass now out, how will this rotation hold up? Rich Hill has been good, but how will they deal with that big, big injury? i like them to at least endure it. Number two, the Chicago White Sox. Why? Well, they have the second best run, dif- run differential at plus 99. They are a young team, still getting better, and to be this good, this young, They are on the path to greatness a year ahead of schedule, and they remind me of the 2017 New York Yankees. And number one, I'll give it to me again, the San Francisco Giants. Why they're on a four-game winning streak. They're the best team in Major League Baseball. They're an older, veteran team. And to me, they should just keep on adding veteran players to help them. They have a young bullpen that have blown quite a few leads, and this team could be much better, actually. But I like this Giants team. I like what they are doing, and they're the best team in the MLB. Combined with their rotation, their hitting, they've also endured injuries and are competing in a division with the Dodgers, with the Padres, and are the best team, which speaks volumes to what they're doing. So that's my top five, the Dodgers, the A's, the Tampa Bay Rays, the White Sox, and the Giants. Luca, give me your top five teams in baseball. 
I don't know much about baseball, so I'll just put five, the Tampa Bay Rays, four, the Oakland A's, and then three, the Dodgers win healthy, and then two White Sox, and then one, the Giants. I like it. I like the Giants. Then, the U.S. Open, I was hoping I'm correct. I picked Brooks Kepka to win. He has birdied two of his first four holes. He is right there. Uh, Bubba Watson played great. Russell Bland is the clubhouse leader right now at five under. But I like what Kepka's doing since he's teed off later. I think he's going to make a run. Mickelson opened up with a birdie, so he's back making the cut. So hopefully he can do well as well. And hopefully we have an exciting Saturday and Sunday if the U.S. Open. So before we go, one final take for both me and Luca. Luca, I'll ask you this first, is we talked already on the Madden cover. Who would you have liked to seen on the Madden cover and why? Or if you just like the cover how it is, then that's fine as well. Or who would you have liked to seen on it and why? Um, I would have liked to seen Derrick Henry on the cover since he was so close to breaking the record this season. And or Aaron Rodgers since he did amazing and obviously he was MVP. I like it. I was thinking Aaron Rodgers as well since he is the league MVP. But I know there is a lot of drama surrounding him. I would have liked to see Deshaun Watson too, but another player with a lot of drama surrounding him. But I'm going to go with this one, and that is Stefan Diggs. I would have liked to see him on the cover of Josh Allen or some variation of that because they were so spectacular last year. To me, they were the second best quarterback wide receiver combination number one I'll give Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers but just last year alone those two were really special and to me special players special season at least deserve one year of fame on the cover of Madden at least on one version and then I would like to have seen a Tom Brady goat edition since he did cement himself there why wait or maybe a Drew Brees legacy edition why not just make a bunch of editions like the NBA has or if they have their Mamba editions or their Superstar editions, just give me that. People will pay money for Ultimate Team Player packs and coins. So that's it. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Hopefully there's some more Game 7s for us to watch. This is Josh signing off. Bye. Bye, everybody.